Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Let's talk a little NBA. And by the way, you can go to BetQL.com for all your data, insights, gambling information. Download the BetQL app today. And joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, he is a, a former general manager in the NBA, a part of the highly successful McDonough family. Ryan McDonough with Gresham Keefe here on the WEEI Sports Radio Network and WEEI.com. Ryan, good morning. I'm curious from your end, like when the news got to your phone, your Twitter, when you heard that Danny Ainge, Ryan, was going to unplug as the, you know, the chief grand poobah of the Boston Celtics, what went through your mind? Well, good morning, guys. Always great to be on with you. Uh, What went through my mind is that part of the news wasn't as surprising to me as the Brad Stevens part of it. I I know Danny Ainge well. Uh, We worked together in Celtics front office for over a decade. So uh, I knew over the last year or so that he'd been a little burned out by the job. Uh, The last 15 months in the NBA for everybody has been very difficult with the Orlando bubble, uh, with the pandemic and all the testing and protocols that go into it. It's not a fun time to do the job really uh, in pro sports right now. there's a lot uh, that, you know, the job's always difficult, but there's a lot that goes into it right now because of the, the pandemic and because of the protocols that have really put an added layer of stress. So in, in my conversations with Danny over the last 12 months or so, uh, I could sense a little fatigue, a little burnout. Uh, so that part didn't surprise me as much as, I guess, the suddenness of it. Uh, you know, I, I felt like I just watched the game with them getting eliminated in Brooklyn in game five, and then 12 or so hours later, the news comes out and uh, Danny is out and Brad Stevens uh, has shifted in his role. Uh, again, the second part of that was a little bit of a surprise to me especially with the timing of it uh definitely shocked by that part of it ryan and so what is brad stevens who is a college coach a pro coach with zero front office experience what is he in store for now within with his new responsibilities yeah, the jobs are completely different, although the big advantage Brad Stevens has, and I, and I think he'll do well in this new role, uh, the big advantage he has, guys, or a couple of them, one, he's been in the NBA for eight years now. Uh, he's been with that franchise, with the Celtics franchise for eight years. So he knows the league. He knows personnel. Uh, that'll help, especially as he looks at free agent signings and trades. Uh, he knows the NBA. If you're in the league for eight years as a head coach, you know the players. Um, so, so that part uh, is an added benefit. And then he'll also have a good staff and place to help him in the front office. Uh, Mike Zarin and Austin Ainge, who I worked with for a number of years, uh, they're two of the best in the business at their jobs. And then also, you know, the short-term, at least, continuity on the coaching staff uh, with Brad's assistance being able to run uh, the off-season programs, the player development programs, the workouts. Um, the, the challenges will be 
looking ahead, looking out a number of months and a number of years, if you try to plan um, not only what's best for the Celtics today and tomorrow, but what's best for the team two, three, four years from now, that's the difference, guys. As a coach, you're focused on the game that night and how to get your team ready for uh, the next game or opening night next year. Uh, As an executive, you're worried about that, but you also have to keep the long-term future in mind and not do anything in the short term that would compromise compromise the long-term future of the team, and I think that'll be the biggest adjustment for Brad Stevens. Ryan McDonough, a Odyssey NBA insider, former general manager of the Phoenix Suns, here with Gresh and Keefe on the WEEI Sports Radio Network and WEEI.com. What is it about being a GM for as long as Danny Ainge was, Ryan, that causes this kind of burnout? Like, take people inside your world as to why that guy would just eventually be like, okay, I got to tap out. Yeah, that's, that's a great question because the job has really changed and evolved, and it's become a 365-day-a-year deal with no off-season. And I say that obviously there's a literal off-season that was shorter uh, this year due to the, the pandemic and the restart in Orlando and um, you know having it be, I think, the shortest off-season in the history of any of the four major sports. I believe it was just 71 days from uh, the end of the finals last year to opening night um, this year. Um, but, but, you know, you take a step back, guys, and look at the broader picture. The amount of people covering the league has changed. There's a lot more media now uh, with, with, with bloggers and people on social media. Um, you know, they, they want more access. They want more interviews. Uh, the fans are a lot more engaged year-round, not just as far as the games, but as far as um, the trades and the draft and, and player issues and following uh, the players and the organization, even, uh, you know, in their personal life, what these guys are doing online and all that. Um, so it, it becomes the kind of job where you never really can get a break, even if it's a, a Saturday night in August and you want to go out uh, for dinner with your wife and you think it's going to be quiet well something could happen right a player could get injured or arrested or you know something could happen with a coach or somebody on your staff um so that's the grind you never really feel like you can completely shut off and disconnect and uh, i think there's a reason that danny Ainge was the third longest tenured guy in the league in that job only two future hall of famers uh, pat riley in miami and greg popovich in san antonio have done similar jobs for a longer period of time how how challenging ryan is it now and really the last 10 years in the nba to in this, in this role that Brad is now in to build a championship team when it feels like it's so player driven now where you have you know LeBron and Chris Bosh go down to Miami and as good as Pat Riley's been in the in, in the NBA I don't really think it mattered that Pat Riley was there and you know as good as Rob Palenka was with the Lakers like LeBron was dead set on going there and you know the guys in Brooklyn and on down the line I just think it's obviously a very important job, but I feel like some of it now is just kind of out of their hands. Well, that, that's one of the challenges in the player empowerment era. Um, that's why a lot of league insiders are concerned about the, the super teams, the teams in major markets, especially New York and L.A., uh, loading up. And if, if players want to sign there and uh, primarily there, hopefully not exclusively there as free agents or end up there via trade, I, I have some long-term concerns about that and how good that is for the league. Um, so that makes the job difficult. And another thing that makes it difficult, guys, is uh, since I started in the league in 2003, the contracts have gotten shorter and shorter. And so what happens is the owners, you know, around that time were uh, a little bit unhappy that some of these guys were getting, you know, five, six, seven-year deals and getting uh, maybe a little bit fat and happy and, you know, lazy and and weren't really living up to their contract. Uh, So they kept shortening the contract. Uh, I I think they may have gone too far the other way, guys, especially with the star players, because now if a guy signs a contract and it's a uh, four-year deal, maybe he can opt out after three. Uh, So almost immediately from a team perspective, even if you land a great player, uh, like I'll, I'll take Kawhi Leonard, with the Clippers, for example, the pressure starts immediately to win a championship.
championship to contend for a championship. And if you don't win in the first year or two, uh, you're, you're approaching the end of the player's contract like Kawhi is now. Uh, so that's really where it shifted, guys. I, I think the league uh, you know, should and will look at ways to maybe rectify that, um, give teams the ability to you know, retain players longer and give them some advantages and the players some advantage for doing that. Um, because other than that, that, that's why the wind shifts so quickly. And that's why, as we sit here this morning recording this show, three of the four teams in the conference finals last year, the Lakers, Celtics, and Heat, are out as we start the second round of the playoffs. And I think the, it's got to be really tricky on how much power or influence you give players. Like we heard about in Houston, they let James Harden do whatever he wanted, and that didn't result in anything. But then LeBron got to kind of handpick some teams and won a couple of titles doing it that way. Here, not that he has done it, but if Jason Tatum all of a sudden is recommending coaches or other players, how much do you listen to him? Because if you don't, you run the risk of him saying, all right, trade me. Well, that, that's an abs- absolute risk, and uh, there needs to be strong communication and a strong relationship, and, and I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, those two guys in particular, uh, will be involved in the process to some extent. Uh, now, that doesn't necessarily mean as a president of basketball operations and Brad Stevens or his owners like Rick Rosbeck and Steve Paliuka, you do whatever he says, but you give him a voice. You, you tell him, uh, hey, look, here's who we're thinking about. Here's who we're going to interview. Do you have any strong feelings, positively or negatively, about these guys? And then you make them a partner in the process. Again, he's not going to have the final say, uh, or those guys, whether it's Tatum and or Brown, uh, but you make them partners in the process. They feel like they're part of it. Uh, So that communication is key, um, and and I think getting the buy-in from those guys in particular, from Tatum and Brown, is very important uh, to the short-term and long-term success of the Boston Celtics. Ryan McDonough with us talking about the NBA front office structure, everything Celtics. And speaking of the structure, Ryan, one of the things that we were discussing was the continuity of the organization. It almost felt like if you brought in a GM, you were going to overturn the apple cart because Brad Stevens was there as head coach. A little surprising that maybe they move him up. But how much do you think continuity of the organization played a factor into the moves made by Celtics ownership? I think it was a big factor, and I was actually hired uh, prior to Danny Ainge by Wick Rousbeck and Steve Paliuka, so I, I've known those guys for almost two decades. Uh, they're two of the best in the business, and, and I say that because um, look at the stability the Celtics franchise has had over the last 18 years since they've owned the team, and then look around the league and see how rare that is outside of maybe Miami and San Antonio, all the turnover in some of these other organizations. Uh, so I, I bring it up because going back to 2007, uh, when I was in the Celtics front office, it would have been very easy for ownership uh, with Grouse and Paliuka to move on from Danny Ainge and or Doc Rivers. Uh, they did not do that. We certainly felt you know, that pressure in the front office and then we swung the trades that offseason for Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. Uh, so I bring it up because um, these guys don't listen to necessarily the fans or the media uh, you, you know, who uh, at times you know, get a little heated and want to make a bunch of changes. Um, they tend to stick with their guys and, and you're right. If, if a new president of basketball operations came in who had no relationship uh, with Brad Stevens, um, that probably started the clock on uh, you know, the end of Steve Stevens' tenure as the head coach of the Celtics, uh, so they did the opposite of that. They, they doubled down on Brad Stevens, uh, give him control of the basketball operation. Uh, again, he has very good staff in place to help him, uh, but the biggest decision he has now in the short term is who is the head coach going to be, and if the head coach is external, if it's not uh, Jay Laranaga or Jerome Allen or Scott Morrison or somebody on Brad's uh, previous staff, um, then how many changes happen on the coaching side, uh, that'll be the difficult decision for Stevens and the franchise over the next few weeks and months. I think one of the really weird things about uh, all the announcements on Wednesday was I kind of feel like Brad will be a coach again someday, whether it be college or pros. And I also think Danny Ainge 
maybe a year away, comes back and runs another team in the NBA. Do you feel like either guy is long for their current role? One, I guess, you know, de facto retirement and the other running a, running an NBA team. Boy, that's a great question. I think Brad Stevens will coach again at some point, if I had to guess. Um, now, I, I say that more because he's 44 years old, right. right? And so a lot can change. You know, you look at his, his basketball career, he's probably got at least 15, 20 or more years left uh, in basketball. So I think that'll happen, although I, I think he's well-equipped to do well in the role of president of basketball operations. Um, with Danny Ainge, that's a little bit different. Actually, I spoke with Danny yesterday. I don't want to get uh, too deep into that conversation, but I, I know in the short term, uh, Brad Stevens asked him to stay on and, and help with the transition uh, as they look ahead to the draft. Uh, and free agency and potential trades. Uh, I, I think I get the feeling, guys, that's more uh, Brad Stevens and ownership asking him to help with the transition. Uh, then I, I think Danny probably, um, you know, rather be rather be on the uh, the first tee box somewhere, uh, you know, today. But but so I think that'll happen over the next few months. Uh, I know Danny's a little fatigued and burnt out. He's looking forward to spending some time uh, with his wife Michelle and his kids and grandkids and playing a lot of golf. Um, you know, what'll happen six months from now, twelve months from now, or beyond? I'm not sure. But I know as of today, he's not pursuing other jobs and. Really really wants to spend some time with his family and to recharge his batteries. Ryan, last thing for you, because we're going to get into this next, but I'm curious for your thoughts. What kind of coach does this Celtics team need? Yeah, good, good question. I, I think um, whoever they feel can maximize the potential of the two guys we were talking about earlier, their two young stars, Tatum and Brown, uh, and, and one thing Brad Stevens has to think about, guys, and I, I don't want to you know start anything controversial here, but um, – are those two guys the best fit together? Are Tatum and Brown the best fit together? Uh, they're two real talented wings. Uh, as I watch the team play, I, I see a lot of individual offensive talent led by those two. I did not see a lot of great uh, ball movement. Uh, the ball, I, I think, you know, stagnated at times, got a little bit isolation heavy at times. So who can maximize their potential? Who can get them to play well together? And then I think most importantly, from an organizational perspective, um, you know, how can they maximize the next couple years of Kemba Walker? Can they get him healthy? And how can they maximize his efficiency? Uh, how can they continue to develop Robert Williams, who I thought took a big step this year and battled some injuries? Um, those will be the big questions in the short term, um, but they have a good foundation in place led by Tatum and Brown. Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough with us on the Harbor One hotline. By the way, Ryan, must be exciting for you to watch Devin Booker, a guy you drafted, play <laughs> lights out <laughs> last mean, night and knock uh, out LeBron. That that must have been pretty cool. Rich hates LeBron. I hate LeBron, and Devin Booker <laughs> was a, a great pick, and the guy's looking like a like a stud of, of a pro. I appreciate you remembering, Rich. I thought yeah. it was only my wife and my mother who remembered that uh, we drafted three of the five starters with Booker, Aiden, <laughs> right. and Bridges. So That's I'm certainly right. happy for the uh, the Suns' success. I you know I worked in the league for 15 plus years and have strong ties uh, to the Suns and Celtics organization. So I want to see both those teams do well. Uh, do you listen to your brother uh, do the occasional Red Sox game to give him the business, or uh, can you not even go there? <laughs> Well, yeah, of course. We're, we're both under the Odyssey um, umbrella. So, um, you know, I, I know for Sean that that just meant a lot to him to come back after all these years to the Red Sox and be doing the games again. I, I feel like Red Sox games and Syracuse games are the two that really tug at his heartstrings and mean more to him than all the rest of the games that he calls. Well, great breakdown, Ryan. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thanks, guys. There goes uh, right. Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. And uh, Odyssey uh, insiders are presented by BetQL. Go to BetQL.com for all your data, insights, gambling information, and download the BetQL app today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.